Okay. Now, this seems a very fitting time to uh, welcome you to Dicks and Jeans podcast number 913. I'm sitting in my car facing a, uh, a GO bus. GO is Government of Ontario. Um, we run the GO trains. You've heard me talk about them often enough. But this is a COVID-19 mobile vaccination, uh, yeah, vaccine clinic. And what a wonderful service. It's parked right here, just basically a few blocks north of where I live, at the uh, Centennial Community Center. And I booked an appointment for one, but there was no lineup. I just went in, you know, right away. Um, I had, yeah, well, I had all. All you need to do is bring your health card. And uh, they have a record of you when they go online, and they know, oh, yeah, okay, this is your fourth, right? So this is my second booster, fourth shot, uh, and it is not Pfizer. My first two year of Pfizer, this is for the Moderna because this is the one that is uh, designed to maybe do a better job with the new variants of um, COVID, so they say. I know there's a lot of doubters out there and saying this is all pharmacy, big farm scam, and uh, it's just to make money, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with... Uh, you know, go along. What, what, there's, a, there's an expression for that. You know, to uh, not take a chance. Err on the side of caution. Maybe that's it. Um, so yeah. So she told me um, the nurse. This is that. This I'll have a sore arm, but uh, to let me know if there are any side effects. And meanwhile, to wait in my car for 15 minutes. So I am facing the uh, chair where I was just sitting at a few minutes ago. Ah, it's good. It's good to have that done. I really wanted that done before I went to the States, just in case. Because I know when I uh, go to all these functions with um, to do with Kerouac in Lowell, there will not be many masks. And, you know, you're going to be close proximity to people, you know, telling stories, shouting, spilling beer... And my biggest concern, of course, weed. You know, if somebody passes me a joint, it's going to be very hard to say no. Now, here in Canada, we all have our own. And I noticed amongst my friends, everybody has their their way of choice of consuming. Not that many people smoke joints. For me, it's the best way to get off. But there's the edibles, and then a lot of people are doing vape. And that's a personal thing. You do that. You don't share that uh, unless you're, uh, you know the Morris twins. Uh, but uh, anyway, so, you know, that's a possibility. I, you know, I, I mean, in a, in a situation like that, I want to be able to get high. And I know, I think there are rules it's not illegal anymore in Massachusetts, but I, I somebody told me it was difficult to actually get it um, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. We'll sort that out. Uh, I did get my uh, app, I think I told you that, for the uh, Arrive Can app, so I'm good to go. I, I know I've, there's just so much stress about you know, preparation, what do I have to do? And I think this just comes with age, simply with age. You are just a little less confident, a little less likely to just get in your car and go. 
but want to have some answers. Want to have a, you know, I want to see the scene in my head ahead. Where am I exactly? Where I'm going to cross the border? Where I'm going to sleep the night before? Before crossing the border to save a few hours, you know, like probably in Kingston. And I'm not so concerned about the route back because it'll just be, hey, you're heading home. Um, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about, do you? Maybe, maybe not. So no ill effects, no uh, no painful uh, arm yet. The only needle I ever had that was oh so damn painful uh, was the uh, when I had malaria in Nigeria and they gave me a big one on my bum and oh in the buttocks oh, and I know that had been a needle I'd probably used many times before. It was not sharp and uh, whatever it was they injected me with. It was hellish. I mean, I was, I was, they, they, they laughed the next day and said, you were crying. (laughs) Okay. I don't cry often, but, uh, that must've fucking hurt. Anyway. (sighs) Yeah. So it's, uh, it's tomorrow is fall. Tomorrow is fall. Um, today is just a gorgeous day. I'm kind of excited about, um, going camping at the end of the month. And then yesterday, in my effort to be a nicer, kinder, more loving person, I offered to drive my wife and her friend to Stratford so they could go to the theater. She was saying neither of them wanted to drive, and she was going to arrange booking the bus you can get on. And the bus means, oh, my God. And you got to get to where the bus is. And no, 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 I'll drive you. Oh, that's too much. No. Yes, I insist. So I'm very happy about that. One little deed, too. And I told her, you know, just... She has done so much for me. But this is a uh, almost a minimum thank you. So you know what? I, I've... Even if I listen back to these things, they're a bit boring. So I think I'm just going to cut this short until I, I come up with a a real topic or something I really want to share. Like, I think maybe I'll get back into my book, you know, and do more of those, uh, the mind exercises, you know, picture this, the the movies in your mind, and uh, see what happens there. All right, Scarborough Dude, 913, uh, taking a break. I'll, uh, I'll be back a little later. Bye for now. Okay, I'm back. Uh, glad I saved some space yesterday, because I got uh, more to talk about today. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, sorry. Today being, I guess, the first day of fall, is it? I don't know. It is um, just after 2 p.m. on uh, September 21st, so I think it is fall today. <sighs> I'm parked outside a local community center. It it was sunny this morning, and I thought, oh, great, take advantage of that. Get out there. And unfortunately, what happens in my mornings, I get, you know, I wait till I get my coffee, and I'll get some toast or something. Then I'll see my wife off at 9 o'clock. And then if I have any leftover TV, like something I've been watching but I didn't finish, that usually comes on after the news. And so I finished the series, The uh, the Night Porter, which was very good. Highly recommended, Amazon. 
Uh, wow. But tiny, just six episodes, just less than an hour each, but uh, it was perfect, just the right length of time. And, and it needed that much. You couldn't have done that in one movie. You never could have built it. And the, the suspense, I couldn't believe it. It's just masterful how a director and actors and screenwriters can create such tension that you're just, you're on edge the whole time. Oh, fuck, man, get out of there. Holy fuck, man. You know, that kind of feeling like, Jesus Christ, I'm glad that's not me. Anyway, uh, so then you got another hour gone. Then it's 11. You go, oh, geez, you know, there's no point going out now. I may as well get some more breakfast before I go out or maybe an early lunch. No, I'll have my shower. And then you go have your shower and your dress and maybe you got an iPod or a, a podcast you haven't finished. And, well, all right, I'll listen to that one and lie down a little and listen to it. And then, okay, now it's lunchtime. Now what's in the fridge? And in it, the morning's gone. And then you look outside, no, it's clouded over. That sunny little time we had together, we didn't have together because uh, I was busy doing other things. So, you know, I mean, that's okay, but it's just this, the way time disappears on you. Man, oh man. So let's not waste any more. I am, I, I shifted my spot three times outside this uh, Cedarbrook Community Center there is one, well, actually three trees that are absolutely lovely, bright yellow. And uh, trees make me happy, man. They just give me so much eye pleasure, you know. Wow. Okay, so let's get on with what's on the list. I did make a little uh, a little list here. Kenneth, you, many of you will have heard me talk about Kenneth, uh, sometimes at some length. That's Kenneth Pereira, the man who was walking... The Appalachian Trail all the way to Maine and back, and then decided not to go back. And then he was going to walk the uh, uh, Highway 1 all the way to the Key West, and then, fuck that. Uh, then he discovered, well, how about the bicycle? And bicycle's a whole lot more fun. And then, well, enough of that. Hot sun beat him down. Basically, it was the sun. The sun just, you know, almost killed him. So Kenneth is now, I'm giving you an update in case you're curious, and Kenneth won't mind because uh, I think he's a regular listener. Kenneth is now back in Georgia living with his parents, washing dishes, and washing dishes for for a living, I guess you could say, is a job, right? And enjoying it because Kenneth is a very, he has special traits, talents, and one of them is being organized. Like really there's a time and there's a place for everything, and so he went into, uh, you know, I guess it's a restaurant. I, I didn't catch the name. But reorganized their kitchen. Okay, this is the way it should be. And has gotten into, uh, you know, a pretty contented place. And I just think it's wonderful that he, he just jettisoned his plan. Said, okay, tried that. That's not working. Nope, don't want to do that. Nope, we're going to try this now. Nope, change that. And this is good. You you can't be tied down as some people do get. You know, if you buy into a religion, you got to double down continually on you know, Jesus Christ is going to save me, or else you can't risk it. But when, it, when it's your own life plans, hey, you know you're 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 in the driver's seat. Change. Hey, I don't like this. Anyway, all right. I just want to give you a little update. Uh, in total, I, when he goes back over his record, he walked. Four fucking thousand two hundred fucking miles. Jesus, man. Holy shit. Four thousand two hundred miles. Biked eleven hundred miles. 
over the course of just 15 days, you know, give or take, but this is pretty damn accurate. It's coming from the horse's ass. Uh, and um, there we go. So there's your little update. Those of you who are following along at home wondering what's happened to Kenneth and his Appalachian Trail hike. He is now um, washing dishes. Constable Andrew Hong was shot dead in a Tim Hortons in Milton, I think, or a little east of here, or west of here, sorry. Um, point blank. By disgruntled, a very unhappy man. Uh, this was big news, like, why? He had just stepped out. By all accounts, he was absolutely a fine guy. Liked by everybody on the police force. I, I, was it York Region? No, he was training in York Region. Um, just an all-round great guy. Absolutely horrific way to end his life. Totally innocent, sitting in Tim Hortons. Picking up coffee for his buddies who were on a, a training exercise and was just shot in the head so that somebody could get his gun. They failed to get the gun, but went on to uh, shoot a few others. Uh, one of the other ones who was dead was the owner of a, a body workshop who was um, where this killer had worked for a short time, was disgruntled. And a student, a student from India studying in Canada, I think it was Conestoga College, uh, by all accounts, just a nice guy, you know, came to Canada to better himself. He'd already had degrees, doing fine, on track for a bright future. Bam, he was shot to collateral damage. Uh, and they're gone. Now, it's a terribly, horribly sad story. And, and, and I feel really bad bringing this up, but I feel I have to, because this is all over the news. I mean, this is like... Queen's funeral level of TV coverage, the motorcade, the lineups, the people, the police from all over the world. And I know they do this when a policeman is shot on duty. And, you know, I'm very sorry for it. Sorry that the other policeman who was killed two days later in a head-on collision by perhaps an impaired driver, not sure, driving a Porsche. Um, not sure the circumstances there, but it's not getting much airplay. But uh, for Constable Andrew Hong, it's all TV everywhere, and Toronto stations anyway. And it just seems so kind of out of proportion. And, and I know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's not to feel the pain of it. Maybe, I mean, maybe because it's so rare for a policeman to be shot on duty that it's become this huge deal. But it just seems... I'm thinking about the guy who shot him. And I know, oh my God, how dare I. But he must have been a very miserable person. I already had a long record of a lot of abuse and violence and robbery and other crimes. But for this kind of thing not to happen again, you've got to, you've got to spend a little time, focus a little bit of attention on the killer. Like, why did he do it? They have no idea the motive right now, but it, it, it's not sympathy for him, but maybe it's an attempt on my part. It's some empathy for trying to understand so that, like, what? where did the hatred come from? What was his life? Was, was it an abusive father? What what made his life so miserable? Because I'm, t I'm saying this only because 
Toronto is full of these people every, every day. Stabbings, shootings, you know, gang wars, of course, that's, you know, that's just a regular occurrence. But so many fucked up, unhealthy, miserable people, either on drugs or just mentally unbalanced. And that's got to be addressed, too. And I guess I'm just saying the imbalance just seems crazy for the TV coverage showing the elaborate funeral and the lengths and the, the, the number of cars and vehicles and police officers involved in the one funeral and nothing to do with, well, what are, where are the social workers? Where are the people? Where are the parole officers? Where are the, what were the prison conditions when he was locked up previously? What was his family background? It's just, it's just out of whack and it's not going to get better. Unless we spend more time on the fucked up people in our world. Okay, I'll just leave it there. Talk about fucked up people. Holy shit, I'm on a roll here. And this is another topic that I'm... I'm, When I first heard about it from my son, I thought, I gotta check that out. There's something wrong here. This is the story of a, I guess again, uh, an education board close to here. I, I don't know which one it is. Uh, possibly west of here, an industrial arts teacher who last year uh, was teaching at this school uh, as a male. This year he's as a female, so a trans individual, and that isn't the problem. The problem is he, there are, the students took images because, I mean, it's a bit of a shock when your teacher from last year comes in as a, as a woman, but it wasn't the long hair that should have been tied up. If he's in, if he's in a shop teacher, you cannot be running machines with long hair, a wig, of course, but like which could so easily get tangled up in machinery. Like that's that's the first rule of shop, you know. Hey, tie that hair back or wear a net or something. But and I, I don't I don't dare post a picture, or maybe I'll send a link in Discord or something. But. He, she came in sporting the biggest fucking tits you could possibly find anywhere. Never mind Carol Doda back in the go-go days. These were ginormous fake breasts. Humongous. I'm big fucking tits. Down to his waist, but huge. And it wasn't about like, okay, this man is gone from being male to female and coming in wearing a dress or with a wig or whatever. But this person came in with the biggest set of tits you could possibly imagine. And I was sure, no, this has got to be the onion. This, this is, this is the onion story. It's funny. No, it's not funny. This is what he was wearing. And so of course it's controversy. Well, of course, what's the school board going to do? Back him up to the fullest. You know, hey, whoa, we can't have any discrimination on our board. We back this person fully and so on. And it's not about firing him. It's about somebody coming in health and safety and say, hey, buddy, rein those babies in a little. This this is not the way to teach shop. These these things are going to get mangled. I, I, I mean, I, it's not, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny here because... At the root of it, I've had this discussion with my son, like, that guy should be fired. And I'm saying, no, you can't fire him. 
He said, no, what, he's trying to get fired. He wants to get fired to collect his pension or sue the school board or something. There's got to be a deal. And I said, I don't know that that's the angle, but there's something that smells about this whole story. Like either that person has had a mental breakdown and does not see that this is not an appropriate way. You know, it's one thing to come in, change, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. That happens... It's happening. It's a non-issue. Well, for a lot of people it is an issue, but it, 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 that wasn't the point. The point was the humongous tits. Like, Jesus Christ, why? Why? You know this is going to be all over social media. You know the students are going to go, what the fuck? So I, I'm just going to leave it there. I, I just I don't understand it. He, she had to have had a reason for that. But I, I can't figure it out. All right, moving on, moving on. Um, today, I got an email from Rogers. Oh, it looks same as any other one. Oh, your, your bill is due. Yeah, okay, yeah, they, you might get a reminder. And then it said, oh, um, the bill hasn't gone through. <coughs> you better pay it if you want to keep the service. But it was everything looked like Rogers, the whole thing. There were no grammar mistakes it's only when you check the email. Oh, wait a minute. Rogers is using Gmail? That doesn't make sense. Um, that you realize, okay, something's funny here. And then, of course, you go to it and you just click anything. And it's, oh, well, we'll need your uh, name and password. Well, no, wait, Rogers already has that. You just sent me the fucking email. Um, so, anyway, it caused me to look at my account now, I'm just pissed off at Rogers. I see a lot of my friends are using Bell and getting better, faster, quicker service at a cheaper price. And it's it's almost time. I bought into Rogers for well over 20 years. Like, this is it's time for a change. Uh, I'm paying too much for my TV and I'm only getting five fucking channels. Oh, there's, no, there's a bunch of other channels, but no sports channels. No, you got to pay for those. So there's a whole lot I'm missing. The... the, the Setup I've got to save some money is far worse than anything I've ever had in the past. So anyway, I check and it says, oh, special offer. And you click on it. Ken, we've got this wonderful, you can get faster uh, um, internet access, higher speeds. (coughs) And instead of $139, it's only going to cost you $109. Well, if I hadn't got that spam email, I wouldn't have known this offers here. So meanwhile, I've been spending $30 extra, I'll call it, a month, because Rogers never told me. Well, of course I went online, get on chat. Oh, well, we Rogers advises all customers to check regularly for special offers. Well, fuck you. Come on. Come on. You're supposed to be checking your Rogers account all the time to see if maybe there's a special saving here? Shouldn't me as a loyal customer, shouldn't Rogers say, hey, guess what, Cam? You can have the same service, in fact, better service, and save $30 a month. Yeah. Well, as of now, I have that, but only because I got a fake email. Spam. Trying to steal my money. So uh, there was no point in being nasty to the agent online. She said, oh, we'll do it for you. Okay. But we advise you there's an app. You can get an app, and it'll tell you all your special offers. Well, who the fuck wants to be 
checking the service provider to see if I all the time if I can get a better deal. It shouldn't work that way. Give me your best fucking deal, man. I'm a customer. Have been for 20 years. I, I just, it's fucking infuriating. So now, going forward, I have $30, but I, I've, now I've got to look into it. But here's my question, and there's a lot of people out there who know. It's cable, of course, Rogers Cable Service. Can I cut all my TV service and still somehow get TV like CBC and local stations, TVO and, uh, you know, City TV? What, what do I need to do that? Do I need to be buy a, an Apple TV thing? Do I need, uh, well, we don't use aerials anymore, but what do I need to do that so that I can just say, all right, fuck you. I'm not paying anything for fucking TV coverage, but I still want to watch my TV. And if I cut that out, can I still get my Amazon and my uh, Netflix and everything else? Or how does it work? I don't know. And Roger sure as hell isn't going to tell me. Oh yeah, go ahead and cut it. No worry, you'll uh, you'll come out ahead. Because now I've got a new plan for one hundred and ten dollars a month. One hundred nine. Fuck off, Rogers. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I guess. <laughs> Are we done? Are we done? Fuck, eh? I think I am. Any good news to share? Oh Jesus Christ! I'm stuck. All right, there we go. I uh, I don't know. I I've got so I've got to fix the seat in my road track. I've got to fill up the water tanks. I got stuff to do, but I I can just it's so easy to piss away the day and things just get postponed. Well, it's not a reason. It doesn't have to be done today. I mean, I have one thing to do today, and that was buy uh, yard waste bags. Unfortunately, 20 of them were available for 12.99. So that's done, 20 bags, because my wife and son, or my son, tore down all the ivy that's taken over our eaves troughs. I still got to get a guy in for to repair the eaves troughs around the house. Um, a young man, not young, probably 30s or so, uh, was walking down the street and saw my wife tearing down or cutting up and bagging uh, the vines that have taken over the side of our house and asked if she needed help with yard work, that he does this kind of thing. And she said, uh, no, but uh, we need our TV trim or our tree trimmed. And he said, oh, I can do that. So she went and called me and said, uh, Ken, there's a man out front who wants to trim our tree. And uh, so I got talking to him, a very nice young man from Tanzania. And... Um, Rain has started. Uh, And he's going to get a hold of his buddy and thinks he can do it, but he can see there's a power line coming into the house, and uh, you got to be very, very careful when you're cutting trees that you don't bring down the power line. So that was a bit of a concern for him and for me, having a non-professional do it. I mean, this guy works for a construction company and does some yard work on the side. He's not a professional arborist. Should I? You know, if he gives a good price, him and his buddy are going to come with a chainsaw. Should I let them take on my tree? Save a bit of money. I'm sure with an arborist, it's going to be at least $1,000. If I, if this guy could do it for 500 it should I? Is it morally correct? Sure, the guy would be thrilled to have the extra money. I mean, he's that's what he's doing. He's, a, he's an up-and-comer. He's trying to get extra money. He's got a full-time job, but he also wants to do stuff on the weekend 
get ahead of the game. So uh, no harm there. We'll see. Anyway, I haven't heard back. I haven't got a quote. Stay tuned to the man who does so fucking very little around the house because I'm just fucking lazy and I'm just not into that. It's just not who I am. All right? And other people could do those things. They couldn't do this podcast. They wouldn't want to. All right, Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, Cedarbrook Park. Day to pull traps in oil skin trousers on the Susie Jack. But tonight we're back with a thousand pounds of lobsters. Oh, Sandy Town, we're gonna tear you down. I got money coming out of me stockings. Tonight I'm due to bushwhack Sue and take her to the gumbo floggeroo. And we'll do a little gumbo flogging. Do a little gumbo flogging. There's fishing brews and a quahog stew and a bowl. See me reach for that newbie screech When they diddle up the fiddle jig louder Hear the French girls sing And the guitars ring And the squeeze box squeakity's walking Me and my Sue gonna hoop de doo Take her to the gumboot floggeroo And we'll do a little gumboot flogging Do a little gumboot flogging There's Boots Bernard and the Rough Richards And the girls from way down trackity how many blue nosers and heron chokers We just don't know exactly Pack them all in tight And we'll dance all night Get the old barn floor just a rockin' Buy a ring-dang-doo for P.I. Sue And take her to the gumboot floggeroo And we'll do a little gumboot floggin' Do a little gumboot floggin' Oh, we sailed away at the break of day To pull traps in oilskin trousers On the Susie Jack but tonight we're back with a thousand pounds of lobsters. Oh, Shanty Town, we're gonna tear you down. I got me money coming out of me stockings. Tonight I'm due to bushwhack Sue and take her to the gumboot floggeroo. And we'll do a little gumboot flogging. Do a little gumboot flogging. Give me fishing brews and a quahog stew and a bowl of clam chowder. Just see me reach for that newbie screech when they diddle up the fiddle jig louder. Hear the French girls sing and the guitars ring and the squeeze box squeakity squawking. Me and my Sue gonna whoop de doo. Take her to the gumboot floggeroo and we'll do a little gumboot flogging. Do a little gumboot flogging. Take her to the gumboot floggeroo and we'll do a little gumboot flogging. 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 Chick, chick, chick. Uh, this will be a short clip, guaranteed. Um, I thought I'd record while I'm actually doing something. It occurred to me, you know, I'm always just sitting in a park or on a bench in the car, drinking coffee. Uh, but never actually doing anything. And right now, I am doing something, and I thought I'd share that with you, just to show, you know, I'm not a complete write-off yet. I'm um, sitting on a nice, comfortable little stool at the uh, garage with the door open, and i got the lawnmower in front of me upside down, and I'm scraping out at least one year's worth of, uh, 
gunk, you know, the dried grass that sort of builds up and uh, when it's wet and it just sticks. And I, I passed by the um, lawnmower many times. My wife does the uh, the lawn mowing these days. She just gets out there and does it. And I always, you know, I, I yell but never in time. Hey, hey, I was going to do that. Uh, I can't do the front because it's on a slope and I, I can't. I can't walk on a slope at all. Very dangerous, especially with electric lawnmower. Um, but I can do the back. But she just does it all at once in no time. Sometimes she comes home from work and she's got energy to spend or to to spare. Anyway, I've passed by many times and I thought, oh, oh, while she's out. And I'm still trying to earn a few brownie points. Why don't I... Clean out, clean off the the lawnmower. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm I'm kind of enjoying it. It's a perfect. It's a fall day. It is the first day of fall. It's very cool. I'm very comfortable sitting here. I'm kind of hoping she'd pull back into the driveway. She's gone for a massage now. Um, kind of hoping she'd drive up and see me actually doing something. <laughs> But uh, I, my timing is off. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, anyway, I, it's kind of fun. I'm feeling good about it. And not only that, but I fill the front water tank anyway. There's a leak somewhere. Uh, not a serious one, although any leak in a road track is serious. But, you know, some water coming out where it really shouldn't be. But, uh, yeah, I think the tank is filled. I need that to flush the toilet, you know, and run, clean the sink. Um, here, I'll make some screwdriver sounds. Can you hear this? My God, what a mess. I mean, this has got maybe it's, it's probably at least two years. It hasn't been cleaned. It's not something my wife would think about, but it's the least I can do. My God. So uh, I'm, I'm glad about that. And um, what else? Yeah, so I filled up the water tank and the road track. And bigger than that, if you heard last time, I, I've got I've had a problem with the middle seat that's just completely come loose for some reason. Uh, well, I, for a reason because the screws just came out of the wall. That's the reason. But it's a seat where people, if they climb in through the middle, they sort of grab on and they pull with all their might to pull themselves in. You know, I'm guilty of that, and I've noticed all my visitors uh, do the same thing and it just kind of wrenched it off uh, from its mount so my brother had a look at it so I could fix that and I said no 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 that's something I can do that's a, that's a basic job with you know a drill and a few screws so I did I think I mentioned I found the uh, proper Robert's head screws and uh, got my son to get the drill for me and today I drilled three holes and mounted this thing properly a job in the beginning when i first looked i, I, I don't know how i'm gonna fix that today i fixed it and i'm very happy about that and i thought i'd share that with you too to show that you know i'm not a complete sometimes i i build myself up to be or run myself down to be a complete write-off but uh, no i can still function i can still do things and and i still know things that should be done you know that i eventually get around to doing so uh, that's what this is about. That's all. Um, and then I'll uh, I'll feel, hey, I could have a glass of wine without any guilt or, uh, you know, whatever. All right. 
Scarborough dude signing off from his uh, doing chores in his driveway. Isn't that something, eh? I bet you've never heard that before. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Bye for now. A ring-a-ding-ding. It's finally time. I've held off for quite a while listening to the music. And the last song was kind of an extended jazz with a lot of drumming. And that was, yeah, time to say, all right, I could stop the music now. And I did. And here we are. Uh, I tried several times before. Well, I didn't try. I reached for the microphone and uh, was enjoying the song. That no, I don't have to interrupt this. I was going to record while listening to the music and just talk. And then the voice again. Like, why? Why are you stopping what you're doing when you know you're enjoying it? Had a few talks, found a bench, uh, just made the plan today. The plan was nicely laid out. In fact, basically, there was no plan. There was, go pick up your meds, because you had ordered them. You had one job to do, phone the doctor, and uh, get reception to, you know, have your uh, prescription forwarded to Shoppers Drug Mart. And uh, she said, they were busy. And I said, yeah, call, call, call the drugstore. And... Well, she said it nicer than that, actually. Don't know why I made that tone. I'm trying to cut the story short, damn it, and too many details are getting in the bloody way. Whew. So, um, went online, called and, you know, renewed, and uh, then they give you, all right, estimated pickup time, come on Sunday. Put that in my little, on my iPhone, you know, things to do Sunday. Go pick up your meds. And uh, then I guess got an email or message or something anyway from shoppers. Oh, they're ready for pickup today. So off to go and get those. One chore to do. One chore to do. After giving my wife my Presto card. That doesn't really count as a chore. She's at St. Lawrence Market and I'm in Bluffers Park. A nice little clearing. Sitting in the shade. I'd rather be sitting in the sun. But I'm in the shade for now because the view is nice and open. It's a little stone beach I got right to the edge and uh, you know like the instincts are you, you gotta go by the water you gotta close to the water you gotta stand now I look at it I think, no it would be very it's all small rocks be very uncomfortable place to stand certainly all the rocks are seen level so no high vantage point to sit in that area but mostly it was looking down the little bit of a dirt path um with like almost a couple of steps, but sloped, that I knew were dangerous. And I knew, you know, stood there with my cane looking at them. I said, no, no, that's going to be trouble. You don't need to do that. Then merrily said, it's more comfortable up at the picnic table anyway. You know, who wants to go to your party? <laughs> so uh, did I mention prior to that I had a few tokes? Yeah, I did. And uh, anyway... What I have just done, another reason I'm talking to you now, is I made notes. I made extensive notes for the Dixon Jane zine, for um, a plan I had, a, a piece I intend to write. It's, it's uh, very, right now, it's very important to me that I do it. And I had all my notes. And there was one word I didn't want. And I guess I had all the words selected, perhaps. And I pushed delete. And it's gone. And then right away, panic. Oh, I've heard about that thing. You just shake your iPhone. Well, that's never, never, ever worked for me. Shaking your iPhone and you can get an undo button. 
No, never happened. I don't know uh, whether it's just like you get one crack at it, and if you don't get a real nice snapping wrist shake, you're a fuck out of luck. Fuck out of luck. Did I just coin that? Uh, anyway, all is well, other than losing <laughs> notes that meant an awful lot. I mean, like whole sentences. Things I definitely did not want to delete. Uh, and then, of course, if you have a brain like mine, it has to convince you, well, it was for a reason, dude. Everything's for a reason. So, uh, yeah, it's annoying now. You're never going to remember a fraction of the shit you wrote down there. But if it was important, it will come back to you. I mean, whatever the key elements were, the idea, maybe not those words. But anyway, it's a fucking loss. It pisses me off. It's like recording a podcast and realizing you forgot to hit the record button. I did record. I am. Um, so where were we now? We were coasting along. I've sat in four places so far. I'm on beachside, so you get longer walks. And uh, it, it's a nice area to explore. But uh, I had a few. I know one of the thoughts was I found it very, very interesting. Now, do you mind if I share it? Because this is one, if I don't tell you now, I will never get it back. But this, I can visualize my notes now. Um, a group of about ten Chinese, they looked like tourists. They didn't seem like they are living. I mean, they could have been living uh, in uh, Asian court just north of me. But um, that's supposed to be a, a, a joke. It's Asian court. But, of course, everybody calls it Asian court, and I think the Chinese especially. But anyway... Um, came and, and sort of walked and on the beach it's just a little little beach uh, but it's sandy not like this one um, there were four I'll just call them white people and as the Chinese came by and sort of stopped to take in the scene um, the white people kind of exited just left off the side they're gone now there's nothing unusual about that that was just you know coincidental timing but what it made me think of is what if one people ruled over another, and right away I'm thinking the Germans marching into France and taking over Paris and demanding the best food and and just lording it over the people who really have had no choice but to kowtow. And, and how horrible to be living under a superior race. And then, of course, right away, boom, boom, flash of white history and uh, British colonialism and so on, the ruling race. And uh, realize, ooh, maybe that's what they're all upset about. You know, it made me do some thinking. Because, you, I mean, I was projecting Chinese overlords, you know, hey, this is for Chinese only. You people uh, don't have the status, the credit, whatever we're measuring you by. And then that led me to another thought, which is the only hope for white people in North America is multiculturalism. Oh, yeah. Mixed breeding all around, boys and girls. So nobody wants to kill anybody else because, hey, that could be my cousin's sister. You know. Anyway, I've, I've had a bit of fun. I did what I, I set out to do. Wish my wife well, excuse me, on her trip downtown. I'm sure she will have a good time. And just added a little text, you know, while she's on the gold train. Enjoy yourself. Treat yourself to something you like. She did come home with a picture, yes, I believe it was a Duchamp, for a big 
painting that she found for, uh, I think it was $8 in a, um, you know, one of these recycle shops. It's a big one, like a little wagon and a horse and a couple of people. I should take a picture. Maybe I'll use it as the picture for uh, this episode. No, no, no. I've already got the guy with the big tits singled out. I, I don't have to do that. No. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, on that subject, it, it, I, I, I just wanted. I, I did. I wasn't trying to be get it wrong. I just don't understand it. I don't understand what possessed that person. And it is a sensitive one because I am. I am very. I have a very uh, kind of a unique friendship with somebody. It was a work friendship, but it went. You know, went beyond. Uh, of a person who um, this year is going back to school as a woman, uh, whereas last year this person was there as a, as a male. And all the time I knew this person, um, it was a, a he. And uh, it's a very beautiful she. And it, and it was, a, I, I probably mentioned this on earlier episodes, it was, it was really this person told her story so bravely. And clearly and importantly, and I can't help but feel that the other trans who went in in a neighboring school board with these enormous tits did a disservice to the whole cause. Uh, you know, now call me wrong on that, maybe. You know, hey, who's to say how big your tits can be? <laughs> oh, my God, did I just say that? Well, what, what else could I say? That's what it was all about. Now, it's funny because I've said that and as a, a person of the female persuasion. Oh, my God, she's got a nice ass standing right in front of me. So She's got earbuds in. That's a good sign not to bother a person. I didn't have to call out, nice day, eh? Which I almost did. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, anyway, let everybody enjoy their little bit of peace and quiet here at Buffers Park. Uh, I am glad I got high. Um, this, the piece I want to write, uh, is, is called Why I Left the Church of Kerouac. And it's about as I've gotten older, like I don't re, I, I lost my respect for the man. And my, 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 the way I want to go with the story is if Kerouac could come back to life, um, and achieve some wisdom of old age and, you know, what would he change? What would he want to change? What would he look at? And it's like, um, you know, uh, the Christmas story there, the Christmas carol, when he sees the ghost, you know, of the past and the future and uh, wants to change things. And uh, giving Kerouac the uh, the chance to change and, and starting with acknowledging his daughter and looking after her as best he could and, uh, and so many other things. And I was thinking, well, how could he do that? Well, imagine all these manuscripts which are owned by the Sampas family now, the... Uh, Stella was his last wife, and uh, so her family inherited everything and are doing quite well on the proceeds of it. And a lot of people are cheering them on because more and more Kerouac stuff is getting to print, you know, uh, and things being sold. You know, Hollywood stars can buy some of his stuff, I think. I think that happened once. I don't know. Anyway, there's, you know, there, there are some people who feel quite strongly that... Uh, he, um, some of that money should have gone to um, the daughter, who died, of course, and probably suffered a bit, did not have an easy life. 
Um, and then you think of the Cassidy family, the Cassidy children, who, you know, because Neil was the how Jack made his riches. Um, and and so there's so many angles to explore. It's an interesting topic, and I just have to discipline myself and say, go and write it. So I'm sorry I lost those notes, but I think uh, sharing this little bit with you, I, I've got to think it through anyway. I'm, and what I want to do is I want to post it on the Kerouac site before... I go to um, Lowell, and that's how my intro to the story is how I went to Lowell 18 years ago, and I'm going again this year for Kerouac's 100th birthday, but I want to confess that uh, I've uh, I've left the church. Uh, I, I'm almost angry at the man for his, for his shortcomings. I know you just blame alcohol, but yeah, and some people manage to give it up and um, live another life. And it would have been a happier ending for Kerouac, I think, if uh, that had happened. Uh, but that wasn't it. So, I mean, everybody, of course, you have to forgive everybody for their sins. So I, I also propose at the end to, to salvage my reputation, make Kerouac a saint, to be St. Jack. And, you know, and I just was still working on, well, who could pray, who would pray for him? And it would be some drunks and some down-and-outers and some poor people and some flophouse people and people who drink bottles of wine, or people who ride the whales, and all the things that Kerouac often wrote about, but also the dreamers, and uh, uh, the people with the vision, the people who are uh, maybe not happy with the earth, or see the truth of life, and are sad, the sad people too, you know, lots of people who could uh, pray to St. Jack. Anyway, i got to work all that in, too. So i got my work cut out for me, which is a good thing to do, you know. You get a little high, and then you come up with an idea, and you say, hey, you got to flesh that out, man. you got to do that. And I, th- I think posting it on the Kerouac site is just the perfect entry, because I'm, I'm also going to include my, again, the first time there, and meeting that, that group of people, and how wonderful they were. Uh, I can, I'm picturing some of my notes as I think about it, so some of them are coming back to me, the things I wrote down. So maybe it's in the memory, because I actually, well, I dictated most of them. I didn't actually write them, no. I dictated them. But I could see them on my notes. I could, I read them. So that helps the memory. Anyway, um, I could go on for at length about uh, this Kerouac piece I want to write. It seemed to me there was another important point in there. The forgiveness... Liking the ah uh, yeah and 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 meeting the people meeting um, when I actually went for the first gathering I got to bring in uh, um, Sir Topham Hat um, uh, what with the guy with the big beard that uh, whose name Dale you know I can't why I can't come up with the name that everybody knows him as anyway him and then Brian the writer my goodness hey these are uh, these are special people of course I'm going back. Scarborough Dude signing off. Going to take a little more walk, see if I can get in some sunshine. Scarborough Dude signing out at the 15-minute mark. Bye for now. Boom, boom. Okay, boys and girls, we're getting near the end here. i got nine minutes left, and I'll uh, I'll try and keep it to that. But who knows? Uh, I'm sitting at Bluffers Park. I'm uh, on my way to the dentist. I called... Out of obligation, because I know I should be doing that. 
uh, just for cleaning and the level of stress, you know, especially when I call and uh, am I with Jesse again? Oh, no, Jesse doesn't work here anymore. And how many times have I gone through that? So it'll be Jessica. All right. No, no, she's been here a long time. Don't worry. But I have to train each one. I have to go in and before they even touch me, I have to explain. I have a gag reflex. I've had panic attacks. Uh, I'm very anxious. I can't breathe. If you stick things way in my mouth, I, I feel like I'm drowning. And, you know, if I raise my hand, that means stop. And we, I have to go through this each time I get a new person. And it always works out, but Jesus, oh. I should be able to just take, you know, some anti-anxiety pill before. I mean, maybe in future they'll, they'll have instant working that sort of they're gone in half an hour or something. I don't know. but uh, I, And we've done that before. We've done that. Just put this under your tongue, you know. You relax a bit. And it, it works. But anyway, that's what's coming up at 4 o'clock. It is now 3.15. So uh, i got a bit of time to kill. <sighs> I'm reading... One of the two books that I picked up, I, I guess I mentioned the names, is The Secret History of the American Empire. Oh, my God. The Truth About Economics, Hitman, Jackals, and How to Change the World by John Perkins. Confessions of... Author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman. It's easy reading, uh, although the story is nasty. Uh, speaking of nasty, was there something nasty that... It was bothering me, yeah, the war in Ukraine, the, ugh, all the shit going on, I don't know. Oh, Iran, the brave women, oh my God, I salute them for just saying, hey, we've had enough of this shit. And they'll be hurt. I mean, there'll be people imprisoned and tortured and, and people are being killed and, and people will suffer, but they're just saying, hey, who are you fucking male mullahs and morality police? Who are you? To completely control half the population like that. To dominate women. You know, fuck your culture, fuck your religion. But it's hard, and I, I salute them. We who have all the freedoms we want, and you get wimps like me whining over the dentist. Um, I watched something good that I'm going to recommend, the Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese, and I... Possibly have even mentioned this in a previous podcast. It's been out since 2019. And um, I didn't, I just didn't recall that. Oh, I've seen that scene before, parts of it, but oh my God. It was very good. It was very good. Did I already tell you that? Okay, how about the other one? Fleabag. Fleabag, it's on um, Amazon Prime. Oh my God. By the way, this, you know, this podcast is never uh, family friendly. Uh, children alert. What what do you call it? The uh, her name's not Sarah. You know who I'm talking about. The the where we have a warning. Anyway, <laughs> forget the warning. You watch that film. You turn on the first episode. Within the first five minutes, she's talking about taking it up the ass. As it appears on the film, and she's taking it up the ass. Like she's talking to the audience, breaking the fourth wall. It's quite amazing. I'm I'm hooked. My first thought was, oh my God, really? You've gone this far? We can do this now? Honestly. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember when All in the Family was really pushing it. Oh my God, and The Simpsons and, uh, you know, 
breaking barriers, but this to me is a new one. It takes it to a new threshold, but it's really good. Uh, it's very well done. Fleabag. Yeah, watch it if you can. Uh, I don't know what else. These are a couple of notes I made. Oh, you will have heard uh, Gumboot Cloggeroo. That is to my maritime friends who just got hit by an enormous storm and just so many people, like houses wiped out and flooding and uh, just bam, these things come and uh, these storms and they do a lot of damage and it takes a long time sometimes for people to get their life back. If they do, one poor woman washed out to sea. So uh, a little stomping Tom for you to say we're all in this together, even though we hardly suffer up here where I am in the Toronto. I think that's about it as far as notes go. I did uh, I did finish and post the story I wanted to write called uh, Why I Left the Church of Kerouac. It got a lot of response, like, you know, at least 60, 70 people clicking like or whatever, uh, a lot of agreement with, you know, further elaboration about the beats and the times and so on, and, uh, you know, slight twists and so on. And then, of course, a few pushbacks, like, who the fuck are you? And um, that's all as I expected, but I, I felt I had to write it and put it out there. I may include it in the next Dixon Jane zine, who knows. Ah, are we still going here? I, uh, as I was driving here, I realized there's, you know, you measure things in time, and it was 50 years ago, 50 years ago this fall, that I moved to Vancouver for the first time, and uh, I just had a vision. We took the train myself, Glenn, who is no longer with us. I've talked about Glenn, his sister Debbie, who. During the course of that train ride, became my girlfriend, and we lived together for the next few years. So it was a significant event in my life. Like, I finished university, I'm saying goodbye to my family. Hey, I'm starting a new life on the West Coast. I won't be back for a while. And uh, I packed up a steamer trunk. You know those old sort of metal outside trunks you could buy? I think I still have mine, or I don't know if I do, but anyway, filled it with books, my possessions, clothes, things I thought I would need in my new life out west. Back when you did that, you know, it would go in the uh, baggage car, the train, huge trunk. And um, off we went. Well, we got on the train in Montreal, I guess it would have been Central Station. And at Dorval Station, Dorval, first stop you know, the suburbs, next to Lachine, where I'm from, at Dorval Station, my father was on the platform to wave to us. And he gave us, I don't know how he got onto the train or passed it to me, but a bottle, a 40-ounce bottle of, I believe it was Bacardi's rum, which we finished before we we're off the island of Montreal, three of us. I had a roomette. They were they had upper and lower berth. I had the little roomette to myself. But, of course, we all hung up in the private roomette because you had a door you could close. And it was pretty cozy in there. And um, just as I thought about it, as I was turning into Bluffers Park, I, I almost started crying like a memory of my father. It was so nice that he did that. And I'm, I, you know... <sighs> What was he feeling? He was his youngest son, the last one to leave home, 
heading out to Vancouver on a train, an adventure with his friends. And he made a point of, of being there on the platform and seeing us off. And, of course, my friends thought it's pretty cool your dad gave you a bottle of liquor. But it was it, it touched me. And it's I'm, I'm thinking of it now, and I, I, I need to assign greater significance to that. I, I think I, I don't always appreciate everything my father did do for me, like taking up photography again later in life because I was into it so it would have a common hobby, and getting me the drums, all the things he did for me that I, I don't think I ever showed enough appreciation for. And I, I am glad. I mean, it resolved itself. Oh, I've got my nine minutes, but let me just finish with saying he did see me finally married and settled down once I'd gone to Japan and straightened my life out. He did see both my children. He did meet and adore and was very kind to my wife, Naoko. So kind of a happy ending, and I was able to talk to him and... Uh, you know, there was no bad feelings they, I mean, at all. I mean, it was all kind of resolved. And uh, I'm just glad it worked out that way in the end. But So I will end it that way. Uh, time's gone. Yeah, Scarborough Dude signing out. Come back next week, will you? There'll be more. Who knows what? Bye for now. Off I go.